Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. Congress is one step closer to passing new gun control laws today. Staffers on Capitol Hill began crafting the text to finalize the framework of a deal that was reached over the weekend. Ten Republicans have bought in, which would be the bare minimum support needed to pass the proposals. Here's NTD's Melina Wisecup with a look at the details. Just days after the House passed a package of bills on gun control, the Senate is on track to move their own proposals. Compared to the House version, the Senate's approach is less restrictive and has the potential to make it to the president's desk. Now comes the important work of turning this framework into legislation and legislative language that can pass Congress and be signed by the president. While the House version banned buyers under the age of 21, the Senate's version would still allow young buyers. But it would make it more difficult for a person under the age of 21 to get their hands on a gun. They'd first have to have their mental health and juvenile records checked. All 10 of these Republicans have signed on to the framework so far. It invests in so-called school safety measures and largely revolves around mental health investments. There's also funding for states to encourage them to enforce red flag laws, to strip guns from people who are deemed by a court to be a threat to themselves or others. Part of the incentives we're going to be offering in these federal grants is for states that already have so-called red flag laws or crisis intervention order laws um, and encourage them to more thoroughly and um, broadly implement them. The proposal goes further to provide protections for domestic violence victims. As for criminals, the bill aims to crack down on people who illegally evade licensing requirements. And it will create more penalties for straw purchases, that is, gun purchases for others who cannot pass a background check themselves. While Democrats acknowledge that it doesn't do everything they call for, they say it's a way to get their foot in the door to do more later. They can stand up to the NRA. If they do it once, it's a muscle they can exercise again. And I think this breakthrough, even if it's less than what we want, could be historic in setting a trend. Senate Leader Chuck Schumer today committed to a quick vote. As I said, I will put this bill on the floor as soon as possible once the text of the final agreement is finalized. Melina, considering there are a number of Republican senators who've thrown their support behind this framework, what's the likelihood of it getting to the president's desk? Steve, I think it's safe to say that these newly proposed gun laws are on track to meet with success. That is because if you have all of the Democrats in the Senate and the majority of Democrats in the House on board with this, it's very easy to get it through. It's a narrow path for congressional leadership to walk here, but this latest commitment from these 10 Republican senators really indicates that they can get something done. Now, the only things that could tie this up would be if there are some technical issues that pop up in the writing of this official bill, or if there are a few Democrats that say they won't vote for this because in their eyes it doesn't go far enough. But we have not heard any negative comments like this from Democrats in either the Senate or the House. We've only heard positive remarks, many of them saying that they're willing to vote for anything that they would see as an effective gun control, uh, as effective gun control measures. So it's looking like if there are no unexpected uh, issues that pop up here or any Democrats against this, it's on track to meet Biden's desk. Steve, back to you. In the wake of the two recent high-profile shootings that took place in Buffalo and Uvalde, Congress appears to be moving forward with new gun legislation. 
Derek Cohen is Vice President of Policy at the Texas Public Policy Foundation, and we are happy to have him on to discuss. Derek Cohen, thank you so much for joining us on the Capitol Report. Excellent. Thanks to be here. Derek, with regard to this bipartisan uh, gun rights legislation that seems to have been reached, uh, one of the biggest takeaways from this is establishing red flag laws. Uh, There's some confusion, I think, as to whether this will just allow states to implement their own or if this is something that will be enacted on the federal level. If you could help us break this down a bit. Absolutely. To my understanding, the agreement that was reached is to promulgate a model red flag law and then to offer uh, funding for states that are, are, are pursuing that. Now, some states, such as Texas being one, uh, are actually prohibited from enacting new federal standards. So they would have to go ahead and repeal the existing law that we already have in order to do so. But what I understand the cooperative, the cooperative agreement is, is essentially making uh, you know, money available for that. So, Derek, when it comes to red flag laws, especially in the age of doxing, where you uh, see political opponents seeking revenge on on neighbors, even uh, we've heard of false child abuse claims, among other things. Does this open the door for a lot of false anonymous claims that could make lawful citizens uh, susceptible to a, a very difficult time? Well, we see red flag laws enacted differently in different states. Uh, I have not yet seen one that would meet my standard of uh, being able to punish, uh, say, vexatious claimants. Um, I do think that this is an opportunity where people will have to uh, dig into the meat and potatoes of the bill. Um, But what we see is that the states that are going to enact red flag laws, extremist protective orders, however they're deemed, uh, are usually already doing so. So the confusing part is why there needs to be additional funding uh, in order to do so when, you know, states that had the political impetus to do so are already doing that. And and to your point, uh, we've been hearing, you know, similar arguments that uh, legislation is not the answer and that we need to enforce the laws that are already on the books. Can you give us an example of some of these laws that are already there that just aren't being enforced? Absolutely. And we actually see one being referenced within that press release. Uh, Right there at the bottom, it says we are going to punish uh, straw purchasers. These are individuals who uh, essentially lie on the background check form saying that they're buying a firearm for themselves and then either sell it or give it to uh, somebody else straight away. Now, this is already illegal and it's already inquired about on the 4473, the form you have to uh, fill out before you're allowed to uh, purchase a firearm. However, I think now they are going to either put an enhancement on there, they're going to put a um, maybe a mandatory minimum as well. But that being said, these are already on the books. They're already felonies, and they don't seem to be doing much uh, in the line of dissuading people. And that likely that likely is because not a lot of not a lot of federal agencies enforce this. Now, it seems as though there's still some negotiations that will need to be made between the two sides. How likely is it, in your opinion, that uh, they'll actually be able to get this through at the end of the day? I think that I do think they will be able to get this through at the end of the day. And that's because if you look at what has really been outlined in the framework, you don't see anything that's incredibly offensive to the uh, Second Amendment. Now, the efficacy of some of these measures, I think, is going to be up for, for, for some debate. But you don't see anything that would necessarily disarm or make criminals of law-abiding citizens. You know, the one thing that I think you're going to see the most uh 
controversy around is the 20, you know, if somebody purchases a gun under the age of 21 years, there's an enhanced background check that looks at uh, certain uh, mental health records and uh, certain perhaps juvenile records under seal. I think the, again, we're going to see the devil in the details there, but even that is something where you want to detect somebody who might, you know, use these weapons for ill while not necessarily encumbering those who are law-abiding citizens. Derek Cohen, thank you so much. Thank you. Several Republican lawmakers are calling on the Biden administration to follow former President Trump's decision to withdraw from the World Health Organization. I spoke to Congressman Tom Tiffany on this, and he says his real concern is that the Biden administration seems to be reversing every action that the former president took. Congressman Tom Tiffany, thank you for joining us again. It's good to be here, Steve. Carson, you recently sent a letter to President Biden over your concerns that the Biden administration will be um, allowing the World Health Organization to, to continue on uh, going against the Trump administration's plans uh, to withdraw. Uh, can you tell us why you're concerned? Yeah, a, a few of us sent a letter. Um, and my big concern is that there's been no reforms to the World Health Organization. The Trump administration said, we need to get out if they're going to continue to be this corrupt organization. And we saw it. Um, uh, we saw it during COVID. I mean, think about the, the Taiwanese in December of 2019 warned the WHO, there's something bad going on in China at this point. Don't know exactly what, but you need to pay attention to it. And Tedros and the WHO did not act. There needs to be reform if we are going to continue to stay in the WHO, I'm concerned that the Biden administration is not going to demand that reform. Now, Congressman, I think when people hear the name, it's a pretty noble and distinguished name. Um, do you think that this is a matter, you mentioned Taiwan, of the uh, WHO being corrupted by China? There's no doubt. We see it in all parts of the world, in all different ways, where China is using its influence to um, and, and not in a um, freedom-loving manner um, where they're going after other countries and trying to advance their interests, oftentimes via force. And that's completely against what we democracy-loving countries want to use, like Taiwan and other countries around the world. And um, uh, China's influence they will use however they can, including being very pushy and by force. You know, you touched, you touched upon it there a little bit. Um, you know, it's not just the World Health Organization. We also see uh, China in terms of these global institutions that have been well-respected for many years. The United Nations, uh, China sits on the Security Council, which gives them veto power. Uh, this is a country that is committing genocide against their own people. Uh, how does that, how is that acceptable? Yeah, it shouldn't be acceptable, and that's why we sent the letter. We want the Biden administration to hold the WHO accountable and make sure that the WHO is going back to China and saying, you need to be a good actor if other countries like the United States are going to continue to participate. And then you just have the whole thing with the IHR, the International Health Regulations, where we're really concerned that the Biden administration is going to turn control over to the WHO for... Um, um, health actions that affect the American people that should be done via a treaty. So there's a whole series of things that are going on there. And don't forget, on the WHO's executive council, you have Syria and Russia on there also. 
we really need to reassess what we're doing with the World Health Organization. So, Congressman, I have to ask you, does the Biden administration get the same intel that the Trump administration uh, was getting and, and, and got? Because it seems like we're loosening up on, on China in many areas. You know, I'm, I'm assuming they get the same intel. What really concerns me is it seems to me President Biden is determined to reverse every action that President Trump took. And that's no way to govern because we understand that there's going to be differences between the administrations, but on everything. I mean, whether it's immigration, energy policy, whatever, President Biden has said, I'm gonna do completely different what President Trump did. And it's gotten America in a really bad spot, including with the WHO. Congressman Tom Tiffany, thank you. Always good to join you. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.